What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 183, and we'll be talking about Stargate Atlantis' episode, The Brotherhood. The Brotherhood. I didn't see very... Well, no, there were tons of computers, but not old computers. Although, I guess there's a really old computer, if you think about the ancient computer. It's like 10,000 years old. Like, it's maybe older. Who knows how old that computer is? Yeah. Uh, Well, we don't know if it's actually a computer. It could be mechanical. Oh, that's a good... Well, I mean... But it could still be a Anyway, hi, okay, friends. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> We're an independent podcast. Uh, if you'd like what we got going on, you can help support the show. Uh, we got uh, it's at buymeacoffee.com slash walking through. Or you can just go to our website, WTTS.space. Space. And click the little coffee cup icon in the bottom right corner. You could buy one coffee or two coffees or a thousand coffees. Uh, if you really want uh, to help with what we got going on, you can also click. There's a little memberships button and that uh, that will create a monthly recurring uh, contribution. We also have some wish list items, uh, you know, some mics to record better. Sort of. I don't know. Whatever. We got a couple things that I, that would probably be uh, improvements. Uh, definitely uh, like a mixer that would help make the, the show go a little bit faster. But Hey, if you wanna if you wanna do that, that's cool. Uh, we also have another wish list item on there, which is not really a wish list. It's more of a of a of a pain list. It's uh, it's it's contribute it's to a delightful list, Brent. Watch, it's delightful. Watching more Stargate Infinity, the non canonical animated series, uh, which uh, is pretty bad, pretty bad. But um, but hey, you know, like if you want to hear us uh, blather on about that, then you can you can. Chuck money towards that wishlist item. If, if it funds, we'll do it. If not, we won't. Oh, hey, Brent. Yeah. Uh, they are there. I read some questions about how to get into the wish lists on the Buy Me a Coffee. Ah. Uh, help me walk through that. Okay. All right. So uh, let's say you're on our website, right? WTTS dot space. Space. And, <laughs> and you click on the coffee cup icon on the bottom right. Um, click. Right at the very top there, it says, by walking through the Stargate, a coffee. Well, walking through the Stargate, those words, that's a link. So if you click on that. You're then taken to the Buy Me a Coffee site, right? And you can see uh, who's who's uh, supported our show. You can buy coffees. There's a little membership, uh, little little locket or whatever, sort of center right. But top center, there's sort of like little tabs. There's home and membership and posts and wish list. Posts, there's there's not much. Um, membership that takes you back to the membership thing. Wish list. If you click on wish list. You'll see that we have currently three things. The top one being this infinity wish list thing. If you click on that, you could do one of two things. You could either just buy it outright. <laughs> like you could be like, this is happening. And you can fund the whole dang thing. Or if you want, you can click on the little contribute link right there. And you can, you can, you can, you can put a dollar in or ten dollars in or whatever you want. Um that then you put in that amount and then you hit the little pay button and that should be exactly all that's needed, right? That that then turns it into the thing that's that's happening there. But uh, if anybody's having trouble with those instructions and it's still not working, obviously let me know. But um, but that's how you can contribute to the wish list stuff if you want. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for bringing that up. That's that's Absolutely. helpful. Helpful that, information. That, that, that's my job. And speaking of uh, speaking of buying coffees, hey Kevin, thank you, thank you for buying us a coffee. Really oh, yes, appreciate thank that you very much. Thank you. And uh, Kevin wants all the dupa dupes. We'll see about that. Well, the dupa dupes will come when you get the correct predictions. <laughs> that's and, just, and 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 there, there there's no you know like like faking out the system, right? You no. gotta like actually. 
get it <laughs> right and you know <laughs> yeah i mean that like that's right that 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 matters yep but Friends, uh, if you have other friends in your life that need amazing Stargate content and want to have them participate in the Dupa Dupe system, uh, the Dupa Dupe system, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> need that's that right. On a button, yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Dupa Dupe system. Uh, it's it's an entire economy unto itself. Um, so they can do that. They can find our podcasts. Uh, in a lot of places, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. On our website, there's a little player and uh, my favorite podcast aggregators. They can search Walking Through the Stargate and they will find us right there. It'll be an right easy thing there. to do. So, Zach. Yes, Brent. If a person wants to reach out and say uh, that they have a white paper uh, detailing the intricacies of the Doopy Doop economy system and how it can uh, be a replacement for modern monetary theory. Thus, allowing for <laughs> entire societies to be built up around uh, a new way of exchanging value. How might they reach out and <laughs> and let us know this this groundbreaking economic theory? So, if you have a groundbreaking economic theory that is going to make life better for all people, yes, don't tell us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can tell us, sure, but 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 I don't know what to do with that. Go and and, and become an econ- economist and and like 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 talk to like the people who run our system that is broken. <laughs> Make it better. Come on. Yes. If it okay. involves dupa dupes, then fine. But like you know, I, I'm you know it would be fun to have a system that involved dupa dupes, and I don't know what to do with that. But you know, dupa dupes, it'd be <laughs> anyway. Um, now, if, if, if you're still workshopping this idea and you want some advice from people who aren't economists, then you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com yeah. and we'll workshop it with you. But uh, mostly what I'm going to do is like, I have no idea. I have to talk to my econ friend. Who uh-huh. I literally have a friend who is a professor of economics. Yeah, it's good to, it's good to have friends. A, like a, that, yeah. a liberal arts college. Yep. Me. So, yep. so uh, I would have to go to him to talk about all that stuff because... He's smarter than me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least when it comes to economics, I bet you, you could beat him on other things. Uh, he beats me in board games routinely. Well, that's ac- board games are just basically miniaturized economies. That's true. That's true. He looks at the board games and there, there are some games he's like, I don't like this game because I can't I, I can't uh-huh. immediately look at your your setup and know exactly how many points you have and how yeah. many points I need to have to crush your soul. Yeah, yeah. That's called chance there, big guy. No, no. Well, it's it's called a uh, proper uh, system uh, game design. Oh no, 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 no! Not proper. It's a game system design. Oh, okay. It it is it is a game system design. Yeah. Why That's do you true. think I like games so much that introduce chaos? And if uh, the, well, and if the chaos element is not ingrained, I bring it. <laughs> well, so, so, like, so here's my problem with games that just bring chaos. Yeah. Is that they often you can't involve, involve a lot of luck. Mm. And you know what? Who is not lucky? <laughs> Me. And you know who is lucky? Um, among other people, my friend who is an economist. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. Good stuff. So, in any case, so uh, you can also get a hold of us by going to the Facebooks and yep. walking through the Stargate Facebook page and the Facebook group. Uh, you can go to the website, wtts.space. Space! 
And there you can find the link to the discords and then you click on the link to the discords and then you can join if you haven't already. Uh, and you can have all sorts of fun chatting with uh, the group that's there. It's uh, where most of our conversations happen. We have uh, little mini groups in there that talk about tasty beverages and yep. and and uh, memes and and yep. and predictions and all sorts of fun stuff. That, that that's where a lot of the life of the party is happening. It's um, it, yeah, so. it's 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 a hoot. I I enjoy it very much. So yep, uh, I I enjoy lurking um, because <laughs> I don't have a lot of time for much else. But you know, uh, that's all right. I'll throw in my three cents. That's all there good. So, uh, Brent, yes. The Brotherhood. Shall we dig into this? Yes. One? Yeah, let's get All into right. it. All right. So the director for The Brotherhood is none other than Martin Wood. Yes. This is his fourth directing credit of six this season, uh, or it's his fifth of seven, depending on how you cut Rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rising, he directed that. That's either one or two episodes. In a four of six, it's one. Yeah. Uh, he also did The Storm and The Eye, which are another two-parter. Uh-huh. Um, yep. So this is his first non-two-part episode of the season. Uh-huh. Yep. Good. So there nice. you go. Um uh and so then the teleplay for this episode is Martin Garrow. So this yeah. is a Martin production. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 Martin and Martin. Martin and Martin. Uh Martin Garrow, this is his fourth of five writing credits. He did Childhood's End, The Storm, The Eye, and Hot Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh we and he's also a producer on the show somewhere along I don't know exactly what it is. I can't remember. Uh, we have several guest actors to talk about. We yep. have, uh, say hello to Dr. Carson Beckin- Beckett, Paul McGillian, uh, David Nickel as Dr. Radek Zelenka, Dean Marshall as Sergeant Bates. We say hello again to Robert Davey as Commander Acostas Kolya of the Jedi. Yes, that's right. Um, so we, we have our uh, Jedi bad guy again. Yep. And then we have Jana Mitsuolo, Mitsuola, I'll go with that, who plays sure. Alina. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and this is, I don't know how much of this, it's kind of long. I might cut, I might skip, but anyway, this is a mini biography from Jay Kelly. Okay. I don't know who Jay Kelly is. But no, probably, uh, <laughs> probably not related to R. Kelly. I shouldn't make that joke. Anyway, carry on. Originally from Calgary, Alberta, Jana began her career as a top model landing numerous international magazine covers, anxious to extend her talent. Beyond the borders of international magazines, Jenna delved into the world of acting and found success in numerous commercials. Ah, okay. It was there that Jenna found her true calling as an actress and decided to attend Atlantic Theater College in New York City. Mm-hmm. While in training, Jenna explored her profound emotional range and emerged more versatile and driven. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is very special. Uh, anyway... As an actress, <laughs> Jana garnered praise for her guest-starring appearances in various network television shows such as Days of Our Lives, True Calling, Stargate Atlantis, and a recurring role in the series Kaya, or Kaya, I'm not certain how you pronounce it, uh, as Victoria, uh-huh. a hard-nosed publicist. Ah, uh, okay. Her work in Stargate Atlantis was so widely recognized that Gateworld, the complete guide to Stargate, sought her out to interview her. Uh huh. Hey, 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 Jay Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> let me let, let, let me let me let me explain how 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 
<laughs> websites that, that devote themselves to particular uh, television shows work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have they you done anything with the show? I want anything, to talk to you. Anything. <laughs> the caterer. We'd be like, so what was the like donut to bagel ratio for your typical shoot? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, funny story here. You see, it seems like uh, seems like RDA is really a bagel guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> All right. Continuing. Yes. In an industry where actors fall into a specific TV or film category, Jana fluidly transitions between television and film roles in feature films such as Electra, Scary Movie Four, and most recently as Kate in Cole. An independent feature directed by Carl Basai. Okay, nice. I don't know when that was, but that definitely dates when this was. I will look it up. Yep. Uh, Beauty and brains. So many actresses in the industry are categorized as one or the other, but Jana Mitsuola breaks the mold and allows herself the opportunity to emotionally portray each character she delves into. Mm -hmm. More than just the sum of the parts that make her who she is, Jana commits herself wholeheartedly into each project and brings it to a level beyond convention. Aha. Uh-huh. 2009, by the way. 2009. Yeah. That's, that's more than a couple of days. Yeah, that's true. It's been a while. Been a while. Yep. All right. Her first IMDb credit uh, came in 1996 when she was in the video Blazing Force. Mm, okay. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. But 1996 is the year I graduated high school. Oh, Now you know how old I am, dear folks. Yeah, or close to it. Or you can figure it out. And probably from other clues that has been dropped along the way. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, All right. We have uh, Adrian Howe, who Mm -hmm. plays Pranus. Yeah. And this is a mini biography on IMDb by Holly Carinci. Mm -hmm. Born in Toronto. Adrian spent 10 years in the UK where he trained and worked as an actor in theater and film and television. Mm-hmm. Returned to Toronto, Canada in the 90s and went directly to work. That's not a complete sentence. No, it's not. That's a fragment. That's a fragment. His ability with accents and voice booked him his first audition and job in the animated X-Men classic series as the original Nightcrawler. Mm. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Adrian has since amassed over 100 television and film credits all of them substantial roles. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, not that this role is like insubstantial. Insubstantial, but it's not like big. Is it insubstantial or unsubstantial? Uh, yes, one of those two. I'll look it up. All right. In 2006, Adrian played the part of Jean Grey's father in X Men Three, becoming the only actor who has both voiced an X Man and been in the live action movies. I don't think that's probably true anymore. Uh, it could still be. Who knows? But there's been uh, a lot more movies since X-Man 3. Sorry, I, we got distracted. Apparently, both insubstantial and unsubstantial are words, and they mean different uh, things. Ah, uh, well, okay. Helps out. Insubstantial is an adjective meaning lacking strength or solidity. Okay. Unsubstantial means an adjective having little or no solidity, reality, or factual basis. Ah, uh, so if I say insubstantial, I'm talking about something that uh, is lacking uh, substance. Is ethereal. Yes. Uh, in some capacity. Unsubstantial is is talking about something that is uh, bona fide false. Yeah, or lacking merit. Or lacking merit. Yes. So I there would say go. that the, the roles might be unsubstantial because the roles themselves can't be insubstantial. There's nothing that, there. That's true. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's playing a ghost. 
That would be an insubstantial role. And if it's and if he's just like floating in the background, then it's both insubstantial and unsubstantial. And, well, you know, and, and and you know, he he was actually playing the voice of Nightcrawler, and Nightcrawler teleports from one place to another, which means he has to go insubstantial. True. To go but, back to substantial. But a named character is not unsubstantial. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so maybe all of his are substantial roles. Could be. Yes. All right. Anyway. All right. Carrying on. All right. So that's a long walk off a <laughs> short <laughs> pier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's a pier that dives straight into etymology, and it's one of my favorite things. Absolutely. Which is different than <laughs> entomology. Oh, yeah. Don't don't get those two things. If you, if, you do, if you took a long walk off a short pier and dived into entomology, you're covered in bugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. In 2011, he got the role that would bring him to the attention of the gamer world. Oh. That of the famous video game character, the first Grand Master of the Templar Order's colonial right, Haytham Kenway, in the billion-dollar-earning Assassin's Creed 3. Wow. You know, if you're a video game person, that probably means a lot. I do play video games. I haven't played Assassin's Creed Creed 3 because I was interested in other things at the time. I haven't played any Assassin's Creed Video games. 2011, I was really excited for Skyrim. 2011, I was trying to figure out which way was up in my first professional job. As, ah, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in my yeah. current career. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Although I was trying to, I, I did like Skyrim. I've played that several times and I've it's never a finished it. It's, great it's, game. You know, yeah. It, I don't know. Is, is it actually finishable? Anyway, that's that's yeah, main, the yeah, ab, yeah, it Yes, it is. And yes, it is like, it, yeah, the mainline quest is finishable. And yes, you could go through all the extra content and the expansions. It's possible. Yeah. But there's right. a lot. So back, back, back to good old Adrian here. Yeah. Right? He said his flawless accent and work as the British colonial completely done in performance capture at Ubisoft's studio garnered Adrian his first international award nomination, a BAFTA. Ah, okay. Ten days after the nomination in 2013, Adrian's father died. Oh, it was dear. a bittersweet time. Oh, my. Yikes. Wow. That took a turn. No kidding. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Grammatically warn a person here. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I was not near as... as uh, solemn as he should have been reading that sentence. Well, I mean, like you know, the, you know, the, the, a, a well placed, unfortunately, would be welcome. Welcome there. Yes. Uh, all right. Adrian's incredible acting skills have landed him a wide range of intense roles. There have been many times he has found himself flying from one production to another, swiftly changing from a demonic murderer to, for example, a man with great piety. Mm, mm-hmm. Adrian's current on-screen role as Sigourney Weaver's brother in Reassignment falls into the bad, go- bad guy category. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you that he has developed a fondness for playing men of dubious character and motives, and that he likes to always find a heart within the monster. Mm-hmm. In life, however, the man himself couldn't be kinder. Adrian's oceanside island home keeps him and his three children close to the water and old-growth forests, which he works passionately to protect. Okay, nice. Um, so there you go. Uh, we did actually see him before. He was in a season seven episode of SG-1, mm. uh, the episode Homecoming. He played the ghoul lieutenant in that. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head precisely which one the ghoul lieutenant was. but Yeah, I was. don't remember either. 
Uh, in this one, this is the guy who's like, it's just got to be the right numbers, one through nine. Oh, I'm dead. Yep, yep. That was dumb. It's so simple. Look, an idiot can do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All yep. right. Uh, his first IMDb credit came in the TV movie Being, Being Enemy... Be, it could be Behind Enemy Lines. I don't know. Being maybe. Enemy Lines? I'll look that up. Yep. Uh, he plays <laughs> Corporal Cooper, uh, and that was in 1985. I bet it's Behind Enemy Lines. Um, and, yeah. And I, that some autocorrect there screwed things up for me. Behind Enemy Lines was in 2001. No, so it wasn't behind. Maybe it was Being Enemy Lines. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, enemy, 1985. Okay, let me see if I can. Being Enemy Lines, 1985. Being Enemy Lines. Not, not uh, a typo. Nope. Behind Enemy Lines TV movie, 1985. <laughs> oh, it is behind. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I was typing as, sorry. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't see you, Brent. I can't tell. That's true. That's right. Sorry. All right. All right. So that was Adrian. Now we go on to Laura Manel, who plays Saneer. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Laura has a mini biography by Anonymous. Anonymous. Laura Manel has maintained a busy and thriving career as an actor. She recently starred as Mimi Hynek in the Robert Zemeckis series Project Blue Book mm-hmm. for History and A&E, mm-hmm. and was also a lead in the first season of Peter Farrelly and Bobby Mort's comedy Louder Milk, mm-hmm. opposite Ron Livingston. Mm-hmm. Additionally, she recurred as a guest star on Amazon's highly acclaimed drama The Man in the High Castle. Mm-hmm. Originally, Ms. Minnell became known for her work as a series lead in Sci-Fi's Alphas, Warner Brothers' blockbuster film Watchmen, and Annie's Emmy-nominated Flight 93. Mm-hmm. Another highlight in her career included working with The Electric Company and the Arts Club Theater's Tear the Curtain, Tear the Curtain yeah. uh, in Vancouver and remounting the production at Toronto's Canadian stage. Mm-hmm. Thanks to her peers in Vancouver's bustling film industry, Laura's been recognized as a UBCP slash ACTRA, Leo, and Jesse Richardson Theater Award nominee. Oh, nice. When not acting, she can be found hanging out with her cat, Louie, or making <laughs> tasty home-cooked vegetarian meals with her artist boyfriend, Mike Solomon. Very nice. Uh, apparently, according to IMDb, she is a cousin of Alan Young. From the classic Mr. Ed TV series. Oh, interesting. Um, and we've actually seen her before. Um, in the third season episode, Demons, she played Mary in SG-1. Uh, the, yeah. Do you recall this episode? No. This is the episode with the trepanning ritual. And uh, uh, so they, they go to this medieval town and, and the, yeah. the, the, the Unas is pretending to be the devil. Oh, yeah. Right. And then there's the there's the the friar or you know yeah in the, who's a real jerk face. Yeah. And he's got that ring that can like shoot electric like lightning bolts from the yeah. sky and all that yeah. stuff and yeah and uh, I mean it was you know it left a big uh, impression I can see. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um. Anyway, she played Mary in that. Uh-huh. Um. And then she played uh, Sanir in this one. Mm-hmm. And then her first IMDb credit came in 1998 when she played Lara, Sarah Lancaster in the TV movie I've Been Waiting for You. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. And then we have Chuck Campbell. Yeah. Who plays Chuck the Technician. I mean, to be fair, he doesn't have a name yet. 
but uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. This is the guy with the, the coffee. The, what? This is the guy with the coffee. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so Chuck the technician kind of becomes the Atlantis's version of Sergeant Walter Harriman. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. He is in a total of like 45 episodes. Oh, really? <laughs> over the course of the series. <laughs> okay. Um, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and this is when we say hello to him. Uh-huh. Uh, nice. So uh, at this point in time, he doesn't have a name. He will get the name Chuck the Technician. Um, <laughs> okay. Eventually. Uh, but he was born in 1969 in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, he's known for Jason 10, or is it Jason X? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the In the Mouth of Madness, that's a 1994 film, and Superstar in 1999. Uh-huh. And he's been married to Jennifer Kitchen since 2012, according to this. Okay, very nice. Uh, his first IMDb credit came in 1992. Uh, he played Boris in the video game Guardians of the Hood. Ah, okay. All right. Yep. A little smaller uh, than a galaxy, but yeah. A little bit smaller than... Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yes. It's just a hood. Yeah, it's just a hood. And, and that's, that's apostrophe hood, so it's like a neighborhood, not just like a hoodie. Correct. Just to be, just to be clear. Uh, I didn't want anybody to be confused. No. Um, other but names maybe it's a brotherhood. Oh, Guardians <laughs> of the Brotherhood! <laughs> Full circle. Full circle, Zach. Woo! Yep. Uh, and then there's some other names. Graham Andrews plays Porta. John Tierney plays Astrum. Simon Longmore plays Tethal. Tethal. Those last two are the guys, the, the monks in the very beginning of things. Okay. Yep. Um, I think both of them have had little bit parts in um, SG-1 at some point in time, but I didn't write it down. Sure. Uh, so the original air date for The Brotherhood was February 25, 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the same week as Reckoning Part 1. Yep. Um, and so the number on the charts in the UK and the box office and all of that stuff and what was happening at this day, all of that was the same as all the same. So, so you can look at, I don't need to say to tell you again. Nope. Uh, we do have a little bit of trivia here. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Shepard figures out how to arrange the stones on the lock, uh, the brotherhood of 15 used to protect the ZPM mm-hmm. and keep it locked away. He's talking about, uh, what he, we here on earth call a magic square. A Sudoku puzzle. It is. Uh, it's unknown exactly when the first magic squares were found on Earth, but we do know that uh, simple three by three magic squares have been found to date back over uh, to date back over four thousand years. Wow, that's kind of impressive. Yep. yep. Um, so there you go. Yep. And this is an episode that won uh, was nominated for a Gemini Award for best writing. Yeah, okay. Yep, I can see that. Um, and then, in other languages, the title for this episode is Brotherhood, or The Brotherhood in Russian, Hungarian, German. The French call it The Community of the Fifteen. Okay, alright, sure. So, there you go. Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing terribly exciting about that. Just there Yeah, it but it's straightforward. Yep. Alright, are you ready for the synopsis? Yes, I am ready. Oh no! Some oh, no. monks are running through their monastery while wraith darts are buzzing near taking people. Oh no. Oh no. They need to make sure the thing is safe. Hopefully their whole order won't be to Oh well, that's unfortunate. Both those guys got swallowed up by the wraith darts. Slurp. That's bummer. Okay, that was in the past. And now we're in the present. Oh good. And we have gate addresses to examine. For ZPMs. Yes. You know, because the alternate weir gave them to us in the last episode before uh-huh. she died. Yes. Right? And so, John Shepard and his team travel to the planet of Dagon, 
in search of the battery that truly keeps on going and going and going. It's 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 the best energizer. It is the best energizer. I mean, it can go for like thirty three hundred years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. I mean, I haven't met an energizer that can do that. No, I, I haven't either. OK, when they arrive on Dagon, they learn about the ancient and mysterious brotherhood called the Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Brotherhood was charged by the ancients to keep something very valuable, very safe, so that when the ancients returned, it would be there for them. Uh-huh. And according to a very nice charcoal rubbing from thousands of years ago, this valuable object is, in fact, a ZPM. Yeah. Point of order. That kind of paper does not last for thousands of years. No, they did the rubbing just then. They, they found the carving, you know, around the corner uh, oh, okay. and, and they did okay. the rubbing like that morning. Okay. All right. Then, then, then I'll, then I'll, uh, I will retract my previous statement. Yes. That, that but you're works. right. If it was paper, that wouldn't have worked. No. Okay. Back at Atlantis, Dr. Radek Zelenka has discovered the city has long range sensors. What? Okay. We have long range sensors now. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Well, now we do. Anyway, <laughs> these things can track objects in deep space. Uh huh. It's like deep space radar telemetry. Uh huh. Yeah, long range sensors. Long range deep space radar telemetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, like what, 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 what the Cheyenne Mountain Complex is supposed to be doing, but it's yes. kind of a sus uh, cover story. Anyway, <laughs> they can do it for real in Atlantis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it has suddenly, this long range sensor system has become active. And it doesn't take long for them to discover that there is a wraith dart heading toward Atlantis. Uh-huh. And it'll be here in, uh, uh-huh. let's see here, carry the one, uh, 27 minutes. Minutes, of course. Minutes. Swell. <laughs> I just swell. This is wonderful. Uh, uh, back on Dagon, uh, the team discover that in order to find the ultimate MacGuffin, they need to find the subordinate MacGuffins. Of course. Yes. Now, these tiles, there are nine total, are buried in the surrounding area. Now, their local partners, led by Alina, have already found three of them. Mm -hmm. Also, Alina has a crush on Rodney. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, we got that out. Moving on. (laughs) Rodney maps out where the three were discovered and is able to determine the grid pattern that helps them find the others. Uh Uh-huh. Literally where X marks the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've watched a lot of Expedition Unknown, that's not how this works. <laughs> it never is. <laughs> Cue the montage. Yeah. Dig, dig, dig. They find all eight, well, all but one of the tiles. Yep. And but where the ninth tile should be, instead they find an underground cavern. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, I find it fascinating that they're digging a hole and they just happen to dig the hole right where oh, oh, the lid is. The old- <laughs> uh, there was abundant points where I was looking at this going like, Rowan must be just just dying of laughter looking at this. Just being oh, like, probably. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Now, they find this underground cavern. Lieutenant Ford remains on the surface to guard the entrance while the rest of the team begin to go, go into this tunnel or into the, 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 the cavern and they begin to search through the room. Uh-huh. And they only just begin this process when Lieutenant Ford is shot in the back of his neck with a dart gun oh, no. by Commander Kolya of the Janai's strike team. Uh-huh. Ford, you're not doing your job very well. No. Well, uh, well, no, so like, 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 like he actually faked it for a while. And then, and then, then it takes uh, Shepard going, Ford, what's going on? And all of a sudden he loses concentration and gets knocked out. Yeah, that, that part was, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. 
Now, the Janai can't actually use a ZPM, but if the no. Atlantis team want it, they want it too. Yes. They lower Ford down into the pit, and they pull McKay and Alina up. McKay and Alina will help them find the last tile, or everyone else will die. They'll die a horrible death. Yes. McKay and Alina go through a few options, but then discover that it's hidden in the sacred room in the monastery. Lasers and Stargate symbols and the map reveal the final tile. Of course. And with all the minor MacGuffins found, we can now go and find the major MacGuffin. Yes. Not Major Shepard. We already know where he is. This is the Major yeah, he's, MacGuffin. He's, he's, down, he's down in the pit with the Major Al- MacGuffin. Although, although the Shepard, the Major Shepard, will help us find the Major MacGuffin. Yes. Anyway. Uh, meanwhile, Shepard and Ford and Taylor prepare a little ambush using a couple of flashbangs for the Janai when they finally come down to the underground cavern for their prize. Uh-huh. Yep. Back on Atlantis, they send three puddle jumpers to intercept the Wraith Dart. Dr. Beckett is flying one of them and hates every minute of it. I'm a yep. doctor, not a blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Yep, yep. The, the, the dart immediately takes out one of the jumpers. Oh, holy smokes. Yeah. And flies through the city scanning and stuff. Yep. Dr. Beckett, along with Sergeant Bates, who's riding shotgun, pursues the dart. Then, surprisingly, the dart self-destructs. Yeah. Wow, okay. Upon further analysis, the dart sent its scanned information to a location in deep space. Yep. Fortunately, we have long-range... Sensors. Oh, good. They reveal that we have three hive ships coming this way. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, back on Dagon. All the major players are now in the underground cavern. There is a pedestal upon which the nine tiles are to be placed. But what is the correct order? Yeah. Kolya is impatient, and one of his men rushes in and places them in order one through nine. And he activates it. And it kills him. Uh, Yeah. So that wasn't the right order. No. Okay, well, now it's Shepard's turn to get it right or die. And, and if he dies, well, then we'll just try again with Ford and then with Taylor. And, <laughs> yep. Um, you know, so there you go. McKay and Shepard then figure out the puzzle. <gasps> it's a magic square! Of Align course. the numbers so that each row and column add up to 15! It is the Perfect. brother of the 15, after all. Yep. Okay, so sure enough, that was the solution. And when Shepard activates the pedestal, it opens a hidden spot in the wall, and sure enough, there's a ZPM! Woo-hoo! Yes! Wow. That was impressive. Now, Shepard gives Ford the look. Uh-huh. You know, the look that says, I'm going to tell you something without talking. Yeah. And they release the flashbang ambush! Oh, no! Ah! I mean, oh, uh, good. Using the distraction, Ford and Shepard and Taylor manage to take out all the Janai bad guys! Yeah. Now... McKay and Alina are also stunned and wondered what the heck just happened. I can't see. I can't hear. I need my eyes. What did you do to him? I'm sorry. Anyway, Shepard refuses to kill Kolya, but warns that next time, if he does anything stupid like this, he won't be so nice. The second time he's promised to kill him. Yep. And the second time he has not done it. Not. Anyway, they exit the chamber and begin their trek back to the gate. The team is so excited to have a ZPM. This is awesome. They're going to get everything turned on and Atlantis and it'll be wonderful. And then Alina and her team ambush them and take the ZPM. What? Yeah, she's part of the new brotherhood of 15. Yeah. It's a brotherhood. It's a new brotherhood. Yeah. You live in the ancient city, but you are not the ancients. (laughs) We will take this and hide it for when the true ancients actually return. Sorry, sorry, Zach. Sorry, it just occurred to me that Alina and the others are the guardians of the hood. 
Well, are, isn't the team just one I mean, lucky because they also have a guardian of the hood work, working for them? Uh-huh. It all works out. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, I got to finish my last line here. Yeah. With no MacGuffin, the team must return home. There they learn of all the excitement that happened on Atlantis. Oh, and uh, those three Hive ships, they'll be here in about two weeks. Just saying. Dun, dun, dun. The end? The end. All right, Brent. Yeah. The Brotherhood. Yeah. Tell me what you thought. So I, uh, I can see how this story was nominated for a, uh, an award of writing um, because it, 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 it had a lot of um, kind of, I'll sort of describe it as like classically enjoyable aspects to the story. Um, you know, a little bit of a mystery puzzle thing, a little bit of a treasure hunt thing, a little bit of a little bit of a uh uh of peril in the form of of a bad guy, but it's a it's a it's a known bad guy, so we don't have to spend too much time expositing the bad guy. Like you just sort of have him show up and you know, oh gosh, okay, this is this is real. Um, you know, a little bit of uh, you know, uh improving the situation of our heroes at large with the addition of now long range scanners. This is the city that just keeps on giving. Um, it, there was an awful lot in here that was uh, that, that actually were like pretty, pretty darn good ingredients. And I think that they came together in a pretty okay way. So in some stories we say they had all the right ingredients, but they just kind of didn't come together to do the thing. Right. And in right. some other stories, like somehow mm-hmm. the parts become like much better when they're together. Like, you know, we're a little like surprised that the story is as good as it is. This one kind of felt like kind of like solidly in the middle of like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is fun. This is fine. Um, plenty of plot holes though. <laughs> I mean, not really, not like plot holes, but just like extraordinarily convenient things. So it, it felt a little like watching Batman from the sixties, like, like, or like watching a bond movie, like every, Everything just kind of lined up. Everything lined up. Um, You know, a really great example that's like at the front of my mind right now is that they had that that um, that Shepard, Ford and Kayla had this uh, ambush planned to the point that like like, you know, Ford was standing on top of the uh, whatever the little handle do on the flashbang grenade such that when he lifted his foot off, that's when it went off like it and and it was a little, you know, buried down there. It was perfect. It was wonderful. Uh, we're just thankful that they didn't ask Ford to move. <laughs> Precisely. Exactly. You know, right? Like, 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 clearly he was standing in one spot the entire time this was going on. Um, and, you know, instead of saying, you three get along the wall over there, <laughs> they were all like, sure, right. fine. Yeah, standing right there in the middle with your hands in your head. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> like, that was just, it was just too perfect. Uh, you know, that. <laughs> That they had that they had a second set of laser levels, like literally off screen. Oh, well, hang on. Here's here's another one right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Oh, that's exactly what we needed. Um, you know, that they get the long range sensor and they and they see a wraith dart coming in in 27 minutes. Uh, you know, like it, it, it actually it was the 27 minutes thing that that. uh made me just let go and have fun. It just felt a little bit too self-aware. 
right? That like, you know, we're going to create a story and we're going to have these things happen. And one of the things that we're going to have happen is that we're going to have long range sensors added to the list of things, assets that we have. Um, and it's going to contribute to a larger story arc of, of three hive ships coming our way, blah, blah, blah. And so, but in order to make it feel timely to feel like it's clicking inside the story, you got to have the result of the long range scanner arrive in a matter of minutes. And of course that is extraordinarily convenient. Um, but you know what? Hey, it, it works. So it felt hey, good things happen to heroes. That's yes. And it felt, it felt so on the nose that, that I was then like willing to let some of these other things go as well. Like, you know, boys and lucky that they didn't ask Ford to do it for, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, that they picked Shepard and, you know, Shepard happened to <laughs> have passed a Mensa test and then declined membership. <laughs> and of course, there's a chapter on Atlantis like that was that was great. Um, yeah. So how, how know, could all, there not have been a chapter exactly, on Mensa? Precisely. Exactly. Um, you know, like it was great to see uh, it was it was uh, great to see Weir in her red shirt. <laughs> Like that's yeah. that seems to be the only shirt she has. Um uh you know, there was uh there was aspects of the story just overall that that just that that were feeling that they were clicking along, that were working fine. The the shout out to Star Trek was great. It brought out a smirk and a laugh for me. Um, you know, I'm a doctor and a fighter pilot. Um yep. Yep. like, you know, it there was there was just there was just tons of little things. You know, the return of the Janai, I think uh we're finally in the zone of me appreciating them as bad guys um we'll see how much more story we have with them or not i don't know maybe we'll have a bunch maybe we'll have nothing next to none i'm not sure but uh finally i'm in the spot of like oh no the janai and it actually like feels like relatively genuine um the the you know the wraith dart doing the scanny do and then self-destructing that made total sense to me as soon as it exploded and everyone's like what happened i'm like well he he radioed his he radioed his data is what happened he's he's not he's not he's not sticking around he's not he's not delivering it by uh by handcrafted note <laughs> to the yeah. hive ship he's sending it off and then kablooey like makes sense to me um well, this 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 gets me to a point just just an aside uh yeah. sergeant bates always bugs me he uh, doesn't seem to be the brightest like, bulb in the tree he's like yeah we killed it well it's dead anyway it doesn't matter yeah and i'm yeah. like uh, you know, if if you killed it or if it killed itself, those are two big things. I mean, yes, yes. thankful it's dead, but don't just go celebrating if if he killed himself because he didn't just kill himself on accident. There's there was definitely one thing that this story was lacking, and that was um like uh, the emotional um connection to each of these characters. Like when he said when he celebrated the death of the wraith ship, I wasn't celebrating with him. It was just another fact that was happening in the story. It was an interesting story with a bunch of different facts. When, um, when the uh, when the deception of the new brotherhood took place at the end, it wasn't really a gigantic shock to me because we saw um, Alina, yeah, uh, you know, kind of make the realization that oh, these people aren't Atlanteans. One thing though that was also a plot hole is that if she thought they were Atlanteans she probably would have revealed the that that she belongs to the new brotherhood like immediately like you know what i mean like that wouldn't have been necessarily a surprise um at the end so it did feel yeah. a little 
tacked on. Well, yeah, I'll say tacked on. But again, I mean, like, 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 I, I recognize we're not watching a serial from the 1960s, but it kind of had that vibe to me, which was fine. Like, it, it just everything was a little bit like, like it, 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 it wouldn't have shocked me at all if we had seen large, like, graphic art. Um, uh, spiky representations of punches getting thrown. Kapow! Bang! Boom! You know, like, like it kind of yeah. felt like that was sort of the zone that it was in. That was the headspace that it was in. It was telling an interesting story. It was moving the meta plot forward. It had, um, you know, enjoyable aspects of of mystery to it. It had uh, enjoyable aspects of action. It had relatively enjoyable aspects of subterfuge like it was just it was just kind of a, it was just kind of a good time was it a great time no um was it a brilliant piece of television no but did i enjoy it yeah i i had a good time watching it i didn't really feel like it needed to blow my mind um and it also felt kind of appropriate right so like we we i guess we've established on screen that what all it takes is just one zpm and like the whole city will come back online, I think, and or at well, least that's sort of like the the. So it's like one of those things that that I mean, standard uses three, but they yeah. set it up to use the three in serial. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, uh, they could manage things. I suspect that if you had one ZPM, you probably couldn't uh, do everything all at once, all the time. Right. right. But you know, it would certainly power the shields. Yeah. So, but, you know, to the meta level, like, you know, having having our season start to wane here with the chance of finding five ZPMs and all you need is like three for full power and one will get you going for sure, then it doesn't really strike me as a problem or weird that, you know, the very first one that we tried to go get and then got then ends up like from a thematic point of view not being able to come home, like not yeah. being able to be used. So, you know, that's okay. And then I guess I, it's, it's suddenly making me realize Zach, that I have a bit of a meta question. I don't know if you know this or not. Um, do we know if at this point Atlantis knew it had a second season coming? I don't know. And, um, I think probably. Okay. Uh, based on the fact that, um, by the time this is being written, they would also have been working on the season finale. Right. Um, and I've already told you this, so it's not a spoiler. Uh, the season ends on a cliffhanger. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, that, that doesn't guarantee a, a, a second season, but usually if you end on a cliffhanger and you don't have another season... It's because something happened in between that surprised everybody. Right. Yes. So, so in the meta story, then I'm pretty sure that they were uh, anticipating a second season, even by this Fine. point in time. Fine. So then, then from a big picture storytelling point of view, you could, you know, find excuses to have the search for the ZPMs like. Well, last a major chunk of the next season even we might resolve it this season like it's totally possible um that wouldn't necessarily shock me i'm just acknowledging like nah you could also stretch it out like you could have the next few episodes center in on trying to get one or two more and have that fail and now three of your five are like you know out of your hands leaving you down to uh the last two 
and you know now the now the pressure's starting to cook or cook go up uh you know what i'm getting at like you know like from a from a from a story point of view you could then really start to build that tension like okay you only got two more chances left and then succeed or fail that last two then you only got one more you know what i mean like you could really yeah. you, you could go there and 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 have it last have that be you know actual pressure that is the you know that's being put on the story without without breaking it i think it would work out well um but we'll see we'll see anyway i've rambled on long enough i i, I had a good time i think i think i like this one so what about you what do you think about this one so it's it's a fun adventure yeah um uh you know it's it's nice to see our heroes do heroy things yeah uh this particular time as i was watching it uh, i was just like so, Julie and I have been watching a lot of Expedition Unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Expedition Unknown is a show, it's been about like nine or ten seasons long now, uh, but uh, the host, Josh Gates, it's a great show for, you know, armchair archaeologists. Sure, yeah. Um, and, and he travels to different places and he does, um, you know, he looks for legends, he looks for uh, things that... Um, you know, I don't know. So, like, he's done uh, things like looking for cryptids. He doesn't do that very often, mm-hmm. uh, but he does do it occasionally. Um, he has been there to uh, participate in some uh, South American, um, not Mayan, but that era uh, of thing. He's actually found lost cities. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, looking for the, the, the snake kings uh, of that um and and such he's done uh episodes on on uh, the ark of the covenant and mm-hmm. you know then lots of nazi things and looking yeah. for buried treasure from the nazis and all that stuff um and you know the reality is that if something is has been lost for a thousand years or even less than that yeah um you know you you do a lot of searching and you do a lot of not finding squats. Yes. Yes. Um, and so Julie and I have been watching all of this just kind of as our background show. We're kind of sit at home and we're tired. We don't have anything else to do. We just throw in old episodes of that and let them play in the background while we not don't pay attention too much of it. But it's just kind of there. Yep. Uh, and so watching this episode, it was like watching the Hollywood version of that. And not only do they find exactly what they're looking for at the end, they find everything perfectly where it's supposed to be in all of the steps leading up to that. Yeah, right. It was so obvious. I'm like, how could the new brotherhood not have found this earlier? Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Um, so the incredulity of that just hit me. Um, you know, it's kind of clever to have the magic square. Uh, that actually makes, you know, a, a fair amount of sense. Sure. Um, and even having things uh, buried in that grid... Um, makes certain sense. Um, you know, I mean, because you know, you're trying to bury this, but you're also trying to make sure that it is is findable. Yes. Um, but then, what kind of technology is in that pedestal? Because um, either it's super advanced technology that was given to them by the ancients, in which case Rodney probably could have hotwired it, right? Or it's a mechanical device that. You open up the pedestal, and Rodney could have hotwired it. Yep. Um, and if that's the case, why are we looking for the stones? Right. Now, I'm overthinking this. I'm way overthinking this. Sure. Um, 
but as I was watching it, these were the thoughts that was going through my head. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess also, I mean, I knew that they lose the ZPM at the end of this. Right. And so it's like, this is one of those things like that I, that I hate in sci-fi. And this doesn't quite do it, but it's darn close. Where we spend an entire episode trying to find something or do something, and then in the last three minutes, oh, they sure. take it away, and we're back at square one. Yeah, yes. And it doesn't quite do that, because we do have the long-range sensors now, and we have advanced the, the danger of the Wraith. I mean, we knew that they were coming in general, but now we know they're coming in specific. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it's not quite the same, um, but yeah. Yep, there it is. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, now, all of it, I, I'm being critical. But I did enjoy it. I mean, it's a fun episode. I, mean, I, 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 I hear you, but like I, like I said, I don't think that this episode is like high television at all. Like uh, it, it, it's, um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to find a way to make this example actually not terrible. Eh, I'll go down there anyway. Um, we'll start with the premise that I enjoy Taco Bell. Not everybody does. In fact, many people don't. Um, True. But I do. And so when I go to Taco Bell and I get a burrito supreme with steak, I enjoy it quite a lot. But I got to tell you, I have had much better steak burritos than that by a long <laughs> shot. <laughs> like if I were to like take if somebody were to come to me and be like, Brent, Brent, I have never had a steak burrito in my life. Where should I go? I would not say go to Taco Bell. <laughs> and so I kind of feel similarly about this story. Like, like, you know, in the framework of it's going to be a little bit obvious, you know, in that framework quote, it's going to be a little bit obvious unquote. Then your, your, your questions are like, they are super duper valid. If there exists a new brotherhood and they were trying to find these things and they found three, you know, you know, Clearly, Alina is so clever as to have um, and smart and 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 on point with what with what her studies. She's impressed McKay. Like I am choosing to believe that McKay wasn't Twitter pated, that he was genuinely like, "Wow, yeah, you're real smart." Um, and we so, can, if we she, can safely assume that he was not Twitter pated because correct. he didn't even realize that That's she right. liked him That's until they said something. It, precisely. I mean, so I think that this is a very reasonable thing to, to to assume within the context of the story. So then, she's a she's a genius in her own right. And then, Zach, you're exactly right. You can't tell me then that a genius in her own right couldn't have figured this stuff out, right? Like, uh, find these squares, found the chamber, figured out it was a magic square. The whole works. Like, like this would have been solvable for sure. But in the context of the story, it was not. Okay, fine. So in the zone of this is going to be a little bit bonk bonk. All right, fine. They couldn't figure it out. Let's just let's just take that as written. One thing, side note, but still related. One thing that I do like to do with my stories is that I like to um, give these universes leeway to be a little bit imprecise about what Mm -hmm. transpires. Um, one of my favorite things to do that with is with is with Star Trek. One of my other favorite things to do that this with is with Star Wars to the point that I have an entire f- like headcanon that episodes one, two and three were actually propaganda films produced by the Empire to tell you just how bad things were. And so when we look at it and go, this is unbelievable. The short answer is, yeah, 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 yeah. it is unbelievable. It's a propaganda film. <laughs> like you are <laughs> watching events unfold. You are watching a propaganda film. Uh, so, wow. you know. 
and in the same way, like within Star Trek, um, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies and discrepancies, especially as they're trying to tell prequels. Uh, I've heard a couple of, you know, in-universe explanations that actually I think stand up pretty well as to why things look different or why the timing is different, whatever. Uh, like, I think that they're trying to fold a perfect universe inside itself, but within, uh, but with, with uh, so much new Trek happening right now and where the teams, uh, you know, there's one commentator that I watch regularly. He's made the observation. He doesn't think that these teams are actually talking to each other because they end up either repeating the same story or they make design choices that end up getting superseded. Mm. Um, and, and so, therefore, it, it creates continuity problems, asterisk, with the brilliant in-canon explanations that have been revealed that I won't talk about because they might be spoilery. So I'll just I'll just just leave it like that. I think there is in-canon explanation that works, but bring it back. Like, OK, um, you know, having situations on screen occur that don't quite seem to add up. I'm willing to let it go because. There's a host of ways that you can look at it that involve enjoying it without necessarily assuming that you are literally watching like footage being recorded at the time. You can have weird things happen that don't seem to make a whole lot of sense when you just let go and not assume that what you're actually doing is observing real events, Um, which I get is a little meta because it's like, Brent, are you trying to say that this is a television show? And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, what I'm what I'm implying is even within the universe itself. You can imagine that you're watching something that isn't exactly what happened. So it's a little, it, it, it gets a little squished, right? There's, there's some, there's some smush that happens, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, just let go. Just, just let, just let it happen. So, yeah. I, 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 so I think I had, I think I had a beef, uh, I think I had a steak burrito supreme from Taco Bell today. I liked it, right? But, sure. but would somebody come up to it and go, yeah, that's not actually a good burrito. I'd be like, oh no, no, you're right. Yeah, this is not a good burrito. <laughs> this is Taco Bell. <laughs> like, I, it's convenient. It, it it hits the spot, and I enjoyed it along the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what more can I ask for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so I'm like, I'm not like, I I hear what you're saying, and I actually don't even disagree with what you're saying. Sure, but you didn't want a steak burrito from Taco Bell. But but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess today I wasn't interested in a steak burrito from Taco Bell, which is fine. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, there, there. Uh, another day I might be interested because sure. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Okay, Brent, there have been like if we're gonna use this metaphor of the steak burrito from Taco sure. Bell, yeah, there have been other episodes of both Atlantis and SG One that you have ragged on. That oh, yeah. if you were in the mood for a steak taco, steak burrito from Taco yeah. Bell, you would yeah. have been fine with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. No, but I wasn't yeah. in the mood for it. I wanted something better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's an episode. It's, it's there. It's here. It's right there. It's here. It, yep. It, it's not terrible. Uh, no, it's got no. lots of plot holes. Yes. It's not how archaeology and nope. treasure hunting works. Nope. Nor is it how setting a trap works. <laughs> <laughs> or any of that. Like the um the location of the final piece, like 
in a perfectly like cut out little like oval on the like everything was just like so like so so very very perfect yet somehow they couldn't have figured that out like there's just too much stuff that if you think about it long enough you end up getting a headache going how did you not figure this out before (laughs) everything went right everything went right yes uh and it's just ugh i i I was i I would love to see something Something uh, more substantial. Something more substantial. Like, like at least give me a Chipotle burrito. Sure, that's more substantial. I mean, that, that, then that's actually pretty quality for inexpensive. For Yes. Um, and if we wanted to keep with the steak burrito metaphor, like, I've been to a number of restaurants in the area where I am that that do steak burritos gloriously. Like, really, really good. And they're, and they're, and they're more substantial yet. Yep. You know, this isn't a terrible episode. No. It's not. It just is. Yeah. It's just it's it's just there. Yep. All right. Well, I I think we have chewed on that long enough. <laughs> nice. Yes. So, uh now that you have finished your uh <laughs> brotherhood of steak burritos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> How are you going to rate this one? Sure. <laughs> well, as I said, I like Taco Bell, right? So if I'm in the mood for it, go ahead on over there. Have a have a not good burrito um, and enjoy it. So that's exactly where I, uh, for me, this one's this one's a five and that five is generous. And I recognize that it's generous. And I also recognize that there are days where I'm not in the mood for Taco Bell and I'd give this one a three. But I'm feeling fine. Like it was it just hit the it hit me at the right time. Everything worked. I do like it when I think I see acknowledgement from the writers that things are going to be a little bit like too perfect. We've seen it from time to time. And I pointed it out where where things don't feel very clever. And then some line is given that makes me go, oh, oh, the writers are aware that this isn't clever. Fine. Let's have some fun. And then I feel a lot better about the whole thing. I felt like I got that with the whole like, you know, 27 minute or 23 minute thing, right? Like, Mm, when mm -hmm. is it going to arrive? It's going to arrive. Looks at watch within the context of this episode. That's when it's going to arrive. Okay, I see. Let's have some fun. And it felt like fun at that point. So five out of seven for me. What about you? Um, You know, this was, you know, a, a, a perfectly acceptable steak burrito. Sure. Um. It 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 wasn't astounding. Um, it, it it's not going to make me sick, right? Nope. <laughs> uh, it's not it's not offensive. It's not offensive. <laughs> um, the brotherhood, not offensive. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it a four. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's 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 there. Uh, you know, it, it. I could see myself in a different setting. Uh, being in a place where I would be more generous and give it that five. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'd probably ever go fat, higher than a five, but you know, yeah. I could see that happening. But today, it wasn't. It was no. not that day. It was just better than bad. Yeah. So there we go. All right. All right. Uh, we do have some predictions. Yes. Let's go see what people have to say. Absolutely. I, I enjoy listening to what people have to say on yeah. this topic. Yeah. Um. Okay. All right. Looks like we have a couple of answers on the Facebooks. And we start with uh, Sean. Hi, Sean. Uh, Sean says, this one is, was actually all right. Mm-hmm. Saying that surely they had Lantian equipment to find the ZPM from word go. Uh, 
it wasn't all that deep underground. Perhaps the stone circle blocked it. Sure. You know, Sinir looked troubled, looked like trouble right from the start. I blame the camera angles and whatnot. Good job, camera mm-hmm. angles. Time to say hello to Chuck the Technician, too. Mm-hmm. No more Mr. Background Guy. War and Peace. Uh, well, no, we can't say that. He's, he's still be around a little bit. Anyway, uh, there's some... some uh, Things that you will not on. say. Yes. Uh, prediction. Five from Brent. Wow, yes. And a 5.6 from Zach. 5.6? <laughs> I'm going to guess that you meant that five and a half. Uh, but either way... <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. But close. Very close. Yeah, very close. You got you got uh, Brent's prediction right on there. Yeah. Good job. That's right. Uh, and then we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. On this week's episode of Atlantis Da Vinci Code Edition, yeah. we <laughs> might know where there is a ZPM. Will we find it? Well, yeah, but we don't get to keep it. That would be too easy. While I was watching this mystery unfold, I took a few notes. Yeah. Number one. I definitely didn't watch 30 minutes or so of SG-1 before remembering we are following uh, the Atlantis team this week. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Number two. I recently listened to an old interview with Joe Malazzi that they thought up uh, with the name... They thought up the name... Thought up the name for the Janai back in season four of SG-1 as a possible name for an alien race in the episode uh-huh. Scorched Earth. They mm. went with Gadmir instead, but always remembered Janai. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. There you go. Number three. Do the Wraith need to sleep? If they do, the Wraith in that dart must be awfully grumpy. <laughs> He's probably been stuck in that ship for at least a yeah. month. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I would wager that he's been in that ship for several months because yeah. he's been there from the get-go. I'm pretty sure that you could use another SH word that he's been stuck in for the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) Number four. Uh (laughs) Too bad they couldn't sneak an Apple AirTag onto the ZPM. Would have been a nice way to tie some of those threads together. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, This was a middle-of-the-road episode, so I'm predicting fives all around. Oh, wow, super-duper close. Yeah, nice. Yep, yep. Uh, um, just, Just to be clear... Kevin, next week you gotta make a, make a, a right turn there because you're not heading in the right direction. <laughs> Hint, we're still here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, so yeah, um, that's what we had on the Facebooks. Oh, nice. Okay, thanks everybody. All right, let's yeah, go over thanks. to the Discords. I'm looking forward to it. We got Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Jen says, hi, guys. Let's do a quick visit to the Pegasus Galaxy before heading back to SU1. No, no, we're not gonna do that. No, no, no. Um, well, yeah. This episode felt like a breather. 45 minutes of a regular episode with highs and lows. We're on the hunt for the ZPMs, and of course, we can't be successful yet. The characters were doing their things, although Ford and Taylor are severely underdeveloped by now. Rodney and John take up much, uh, so much of the screen time that our flagship team feels heavily unbalanced. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I know I'm biased, but even season one SG-1 felt way more like a team, despite only O'Neill and Jackson being the original characters. Yeah, I agree. I hope that the Atlantis team will get into their groove, get their groove on in the future. All in all, I feel kind of meh about this episode. The Janai, especially Kolja, 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 especially Kolja, just seems to approach cartoonishly evil by now. I can still hear Shepard yell, Kolja, with clenched fist back in, in the back of my mind. 
from their last encounter. Their encounters almost border amusing at this point. And that's where my rating is between meh and slightly amused for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Four out of eight chevrons for me. Brent and Zach have been really positive recently. I'm expecting a bit of a dip with this one. From time to time, we all need a breather, though, especially for with what's to follow. Brent will find something to rant about, and this will end uh, lead up to a, a rating of four out of eight chevrons. Very close. Very Zach close. won't be far off. Four and a half chevrons for his ah, part. Yeah, also very extremely close. close. If very close. Brent and Zach will take the general story advancement into account, then their final ratings might increase by one. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate it. Then we got uh, JD. Hi, JD. Hi, JD. This one, uh, this is a fun little one with some Indiana Jones vibes and a sprinkle of Star Trek 2 just to keep things interesting. It's fun, but nothing special. So I'm going to go with a 4.5 from Zach. Extremely close. Very close. And a 4 from Brett. Also very close. Also very close. Personally, I enjoy the adventure aspect and give it a 5.5. Yeah. 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 Very nice. There you go. All you right. Know, you're that's, nice. that's, that's it we got for the disc- All right. discords. All right. Well, we got a couple of emails. All right. The first one from Lydia Ann. Hi, Lydia Ann. Uh, first things first, she says, Zach and Brent, give yourself some dupe dupes. Because yeah. you've been podcasting for five years. I know. I forgot to mention it'll be five years tomorrow as we're recording. Tomorrow as we're recording. Yes. Okay, ready, Brent? We gotta get ourselves yeah. some okay. dupes. Here we go. Nice. All right. Thanks, Lydia Ann. Thanks, Lydia Ann. I knew it hadn't been close to that, but I hadn't realized that it was quite so close. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's very and, cool. Yeah. And actually, we started recording that those first episodes in July of that year. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that we haven't yet hit episode 200, but totally did, you know, yeah. we hit five years ago a little bit ago, but we officially hit five tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Lydia Ann on the Brotherhood. Yeah. The ancients encouraged humans to worship them? Well, that's odd, but hey, religious sex hiding artifacts makes for good puzzle solving, so whatever. I'm more bothered by the high school level interpersonal antics of the off-world team. The cool kids sit in the library doing nothing while the one nerd of the group puts together the entire Ah, group project. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The nerd needs coaching from the jock about a girl. Uh, Yeah. 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 We didn't talk about that at all, but I will say that that was... uh, It was... It was uh, it was the it was the mild sauce on the on the burrito. Yeah, it's, uh, what do you expect? I mean, like, like, <laughs> it, this burrito it, isn't all that it great. Was, it was so low hanging through the fruit. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just like it's like I know this Rodney can a be a little bit uh, clueless about a yeah. lot of things in terms of interpersonal relationships and such, and just like communicating with people. Um, but. This was a whole nother level. Yeah. Yes. And and then it literally led to absolutely nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Astonishingly nothing. Which is okay. I don't mind. But well, yeah. I just, I mean, so so for me here again, I'm, I may have had an everything bagel for breakfast this morning, but I still apparently uh-huh. am a little bit grouchy. <laughs> hey, can't win them all. I cannot. So anyway, so I'm a little grouchy and, and I'm, I'm with you there. That's just, yeah. All right. So, uh, Lydia and continues mm-hmm. as the team doesn't get the ZPM at the end of the, their adventure, their experiences become obsolete when they get back to Atlantis. Yeah. Do you say sensors, wraith in the city, loss of more red shirts and a puddle jumper. 
a definite, definitive timeline for the arrival of more Wraith? Yikes, the Pegasus expedition is having a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Brent will give this a three. Oh, yeah. And Zach a four. Yep. Yep. Very sensible. I liked it more than that, but yes. Very reasonable. Yep. And then we have David. Hi, David. David says, is this the secret Chevron encoding bias buffer? Oh, I'm I don't know. For, or is it still hidden? Yeah. Barring from Indiana Jones, SGA steps on the gas when the showrunner realizes the season is almost over and there is some plot they need to move forward. Yep. Unfortunately, <laughs> they are driving a, like, a Hyundai i20 like I did on vacation, and it's a bit underpowered, but still gets the job done. It still gets the job done. <laughs> If it weren't for the Wraith B-plot, this is pretty close to skippable, in my opinion. Sure. At least we got to see the evil Janai again proving again they were not a once-and-done enemy. Yeah. Yep. True. Uh, uh, he predicts Brent a generous yes. four chevrons. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And Zach a slightly more generous five chevrons. Oh, hey! Just flip us around! Okay! Just flip around! Yeah. Very close. Very, very close. Yep. Nice. Yep. So, uh, you know, Brent was just in the mood for Taco Bell. I was, I just wanted some Taco Bell. Yeah. I I was, I was not. You were not. Nope. Well, those are our predictions. Thank you very much, everybody. Appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. They're great. No dupa dupes except for us for five years, Brent. Yeah. Woo hoo. Woo hoo. All right. Well, the next episode. Yes. We are staying in the Pegasus Galaxy. Yes. And we are getting letters from Pegasus. Okay. So what is Letters from Pegasus Oh, that's the title. Yes. Uh Aha. Letters from Pegasus. Uh, hmm. Letters from Pegasus. Hmm. I can't think of anything funny, so let's just do a serious, or like a a genuine, a genuine prediction. Okay. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. The Atlantis team have had enough. They have been on the back foot with the Wraith ever since they got there. Well, almost, yes, ever since they got there. It's just been one calamity after another. And not only that, the Janai have been thorns in their side, and now it seems like every single one of their friends has a bit of an ulterior motive. Or they're just unhelpful. They need to find a ZPM and one they need to find one fast. They have five whole planets to take a look at. And one of them had one ZPM. They had it in their hands and they couldn't take it. Oh, the frustration. The ignominy. Is that a word? Ignomy. I think so. Anyway, so. Yes, Brent. Ignomy is a word. Perfect. So, then, they have had it. This, this whole effort has been a frustration. How can they possibly succeed with the enemy bearing down on them? And little chance of survival unless they find more energy. They decide to take drastic measures. Very drastic measures. <gasps> what are those measures, Brent is thinking? So, I, I was waiting. I was they decide to-, to make the ultimate sacrifice. Yes. They oh view my. this as a completely failed mission. Mm. Oh, Even no. though I don't believe it for a second. Whatever. And they decide to, to, to take all of their Nequita generators. All of them. Every single one of them. 
and they're going to link them in series, you see. This is going to be so much power that it is undoubtedly going to melt the power cables once they oh no. put these all connected. But why? Why do you ask? Because of the slim hope that they'll be able to push enough power through the gate all at once to be able to dial that eighth chevron and not to be able to send anybody home. Not enough. They think that it'll last precisely 2.8 seconds, you see, because that's how long it's going to take before the power lines blow up and the thing will just shut down. It'll be terrible. But they think it's enough time to send home some letters. Letters from Pegasus. Just a final bid of farewell of, well, it looks like this isn't going to work. So sorry, home. We wish you well. Goodbye. But wait, Zach. On the other side of the phone, there's a team that's not willing to give up on the Pegasus crew just oh my. yet. Join us next time as the SG-1 team get on board their ship and head to the Pegasus galaxy to save the day. For our Atlantis friends! Atlantis letters from Pegasus! What do you think? Well, some things you're very, very on the nose. Oh, neato! Okay. Other things, less so. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm excited to see what I predicted right. <laughs> Shall we watch the promo? Yes, please. All right. I am hitting play now. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. Mm-hmm. In anticipation of the impending attack by the Wraith, the team considers all plans. So recommendations? Other than panic? Other than panic, yes. Yeah, no panics. We should consider M7G677 as a possible evacuation site. I think we can send a message back to Earth to the Stargate. Excuse okay. me? Okay. 1.3 seconds is more than enough time to send a message if it's in the form wow. of a high-compression data burst. Now, I helped wow. find the encoding for the U.S. Air Force a few years back. Assuming it's possible, how much information could we send? Everything. I mean, uh, mission reports from all the senior staff, uh, a ton of stuff on Atlantis, things we've learned in Pegasus, all that. When the team is able to record messages and send them to home, this episode becomes a clip show. <laughs> it's all next time oh, no. on Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> it doesn't have any clips in it. Okay, thanks, David. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's a half clip show. So, yeah, so it, it really doesn't have, I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, there are a few clips in there, but it, it's more in the sense of um, I am telling my story in this video and I'm just showing it like, like snippets of things happening. Sure. It's not like standard clip shows where you now go to season four, episode three, yeah. and you watch that for two minutes. Yeah, right. I don't think it's anything like that. Yeah, I could be gotcha. wrong because it's been a while since I've seen it. Sure. All right, but boy, did I get a did I get a couple things right on the nose? Yeah, uh, you said like two point six seconds, and it's like one point eight. So you're yeah. way off. <laughs> nice. Uh, so uh, that'll be next episode. Uh, we are going back to Stargate Atlantis. Uh, just for all of you dear listeners out there, we did two, did basically two SG-1 episodes in a row Yep, uh, that were a two-parter, and so now we're going to do these two-part episodes, or two episodes of Atlantis. Yep. And then all other things being equal, we'll 
go back to that one episode that everybody was expecting for this week or next week or whatever. Um, but there you go. Yeah, there you go. Now, 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 now you're in. Now you're in the calendar. There you go. Okay. And we so, still got a couple of weeks of disturbance coming up here yet at the end of August, beginning of September. But then, but then things will be back to normal. I think. Uh, yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who knows? Schedules Who knows? are weird and hard and challenging. Ugh. Hey, life life happens. You know, and and you know, if I could just be a professional podcaster, that'd be lovely. Uh, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not really. I don't really want to be a professional podcaster. <laughs> just saying. But I would love to be able to podcast when I want to podcast and not trying to work around everything. Yeah. I want everything else to work around this. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Nope. Nope. All right. In any case, uh, tell us what you think. Uh, we heard some predictions from folks. Go ahead and throw in more thoughts about what, 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 what all of those things. Exactly. You can yep. email us at walking through the stargate at yep. gmail.com. You can go yep. to the Facebooks, the Discords, uh, all of those things. Uh, no, we're not going to go to Facebook's threads because no. Uh, no, no, no. I have absolutely no desire to do that. I do have a desire to make a Mastodon server, but I haven't figured that out, and I'm not going to worry about it right now. Yeah, what? I'll worry about that later, Zach. Okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't actually hear what you said, so oh, I was just... Ma- a Mastodon server. <laughs> oh, okay. A Mastodon server. Yes. Okay. It's so. really unimportant. All right. Well, if you know how to make a Mastodon server, email us at walkingthroughstargate.gmail.com, and you can help Brent out. Sure. Whatever. Uh, I clearly don't have any idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I'm very satisfied with the Discord situation. We can keep that going. Okay. So, um, that's really all I got. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, I'm Zach. I'm Brent. And we'll see you next time. I, I screwed that up. Yeah, you did. I you can't remember how. How am I supposed to do this, Brent? I you can't say, remember. You say, um, you say uh, tell us what you think. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and so, and with that, okay. And with that, there you go. I'm Zach. I'm Brent. And this has been walking through the Stargate. Yes. See you See next you time. Next. Perfect. Bye. Get these people home. You know, I really should write that into my notes. <laughs> You've only been saying it 220 something times. <laughs> well, nah, it, it took several times before I figured out what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, all right, okay. Bye. All right. All right. All right. Bye, everybody.